On this episode of Twisted and Misunderstood, the Paranormal Podcast by Dominic Zenden. On this episode, we're going to talk about the alien threat. Or is it us that is a threat to the aliens? So what is the agenda? Do we have people walking amongst aliens on this planet? Or are we just totally and utterly out of kilter with everything and the aliens just don't plainly exist? This is Dominic J. Zendem for the Twisted and Misunderstood Podcasts. What are aliens doing on this planet? Are they on this planet? Could they be here for their own agendas? And should we be scared about why they're here? Or have they been here as long as we have, or even longer? On this episode of Twisted and Misunderstood, I'm going to talk a little bit about the alien agenda and why I believe that aliens have been visiting planet Earth for many, many centuries, probably longer than what we've been here as, a, as mankind, and maybe well be part of the whole picture when we start to look at what it means to know that we're not alone within the universe. So intelligent life, would it exist throughout the universe? Is there and can there be other civilizations that have formed and grown technologically into a place where they can actually spread out across the stars? Well, it's very highly likely. In our galaxy alone, it's been worked out there are over 24 million Earth-like planets. That's the Milky Way galaxy. 24 million Earth-like planets. This is our our backyard, if you like. This is where we are as, as a planet. So if it's just in our galaxy, and if you look through Hubble or Kessler, the telescopes that have been designed to go out there searching for stars and planets across the wider space, wider universe, then you can start to actually see that there are trillions of galaxies, and we are just one galaxy. So that really puts it into perspective if we are the only intelligent life form then we are a miracle beyond miracles it would be amazing and i think a little bit naive of us to actually think that we were just the only planet that came to this stage and that we were the only planet to have life on it with those numbers there's going to be many other civilizations that are far more advanced than what we are. Now, that doesn't mean to say that those advanced civilizations are visiting us on Earth. Why would they want to see us? Why would they want to be here? It really does warrant that question. You know, it's not like the War of the Worlds where they're after our planet. 
not if there's 24 million other planets just like Earth out there that haven't got people on. Why would they want to come and kill us or be destructive or come and visit our planet? It, that wouldn't make sense if they were warlike to want to do that. They might as well just go and take over one of the other 24 million planets. So it's likely that they're not here because they're hostile. If they were hostile, we would not be here or we would know about the hostility because their technology has gone way past anything that we could even start to think about. Just look at the actual facts now from what we've actually been shown in the last last two years. First of all, the, the Americans have actually released a film of what they said was uh, a UFO. They called it Gimbal. And it was taken from the flight deck of the Nimitz carrier, aircraft carrier in America on exercise. Now, this gimbal, like a spinning top, is actually filmed from a fast jet. And it's actually shown to be something that is unidentified, but it's under intelligent control. There's another piece of film released at the same time called Tic Tac, another craft that was spotted and captured on film by an American fighter jet and is exactly the same. It shows the actual craft being able to maneuver at speeds way beyond our capabilities. And of course, there's a, the little film as well called Go Fast, which is like a little orb that goes across the sea. Again, captured on American aircraft film. These are all examples of what the actual Pentagon has released for us to understand. So are they releasing this stuff because they want us to actually see it? So they want the companies over the media to talk about it? You know, the New York Times was the people who actually shared this in public. Now, the New York Times is one of those um, papers that is very reluctant to share anything within the paranormal community or alien communities. So the fact that it's gone through this multimedia chain and now has come into the public domain and it's being shown regularly on, on national TV across the world means that they want us to know. So we're not surprised, are we, that the fact that that's there. But there's also things that we have to understand too. There's organizations that are now being set up that were secretive and not allowed to even broadcast or talk about. And now we're getting the stuff that's coming from them. And we're actually seeing it on a lot of programs like Unidentified, which has been on Blaze um 164 in the uk i'm sure that you can pick up blaze any part of the world because it's on the internet channel so there's lots of little bits and pieces that are coming together and what is known as soft disclosure this isn't a government saying we are not alone this is a government saying we're going to feed out the information little bit by little bit so people get used to the idea that aliens are here that there are spacecraft from other civilizations that are traveling long distances to actually be here on planet earth now there could be more to this than just them being here on planet earth because the consensus is that there are 
basis that these um, aircraft or these UFOs, if you want to call them that, or what they're now being called as um, aerial phenomenon, which is um, really difficult to get my head around because it's been UFOs for such a long time, but they're being reclassified in, in a different way now, and they're being called um, um, alien, not alien, they've been called um, phenomenon from an identified specification. So they're not actually coming across as UFOs because that term covers a whole lot of stuff. This actually is saying that this phenomenon is real. These craft are not recognized or known in general, but they're there. And what we want to do is find them. There's a guy out there called Louis Alexandro, and he is um, a very interesting guy to listen to when he talks about the actual phenomenon. What he talks about is the muddy boot syndrome. He says, this is how I see aliens. It's like you've got a house and your house is protected by a burglar alarm. So every night before you go to bed, you turn the burglar alarm off on sorry, lock all the doors, go to bed. When you wake up in the morning, you wake up, you go downstairs, and there's muddy brute prints all over your kitchen floor. Well, you know they're there. You know they've been in, but you don't know what they want, and you don't know how to stop them. And this is how this alien concept is actually talked about right now. It's something we know is there, we know that they can actually penetrate all our air defenses, but we don't know how to stop them. So we have to be able to understand what it is they want. And like I said in the first few sentences, if these aliens were hostile, we would not be here. We wouldn't be talking, but they would be either running the planet or the planet would be under control of totally different forces to what they are now so aliens are not hostile just we do not know how to stop them now if people now start to think about this as a as a future thing as we become much more aware of the amount of planetary aspects there are in the universe how many earth-like planets there are how much there is the actual prospect of there being other intelligent life outside of this earth well now we can sit and work out that the likelihood is they're here they're here with us they're here amongst us and they walk amongst us now in part two i'm going to go into a little bit of detail about some of my personal close encounters with aliens I've been interested in the alien phenomenon since I was seven years old. I've been researching it as an adult now for over 30 years. I'm absolutely convinced that aliens are a part of this world, but I'm also starting to understand now a little bit more about dimensional travel and that the chances are that a lot of these aliens that visit do not visit just through spacecraft, but they also have mastered dimensional or interdimensional travel. So in part two, I'm going to discuss a little bit about the interdimensional travel. And also we're going to just talk in general a little bit in case you're not aware of Skinwalker Ranch. 
and what that actually brings to the picture of the whole UFO phenomenon. This is Dominic J. Zenden for the Twisted and Misunderstood podcast. You can get in touch with us here at Twisted and Misunderstood just by going on to Anchor and leaving us a, a voice message. If you enjoy the show, if you've got questions on anything paranormal, I've been doing paranormal research now for over 40 years, so have a lot of experience with most of the phenomenon that's around and that's out there, a keen interest in everything that way i also have a very strong link to things like past lives and to future lives all the things that we've particularly looking at within the consciousness the soul those sort of things that you know bring out all the questions so if you want to get in touch with me the email and the actual um, web address are all on the front page of my podcast here at twisted and misunderstood on Anchor. If you want to go onto my website, it's at um, mindsite.org, which is a difficult spelling, but it's spelled M-Y-N-D-S-I-T-E dot O-R-G. So go on there. You can leave me a message or come and contact us here at Twisted and Misunderstood. Or if you love the show and you just want to say hello and you just want to say how much you enjoy it, please come through any of the media to talk to us here at Twisted and Misunderstood. All music, all intervals are done by Mal West Mac Walters. Um, if you want to get in touch with her, you can go to Mal's sign, um, SoundCloud page, which is an amazing page. Um, she's a great teacher and a great musician. So go to Mal West Mac Water at SoundCloud if you want to get in touch with her about anything that you hear musically on this show. And until we talk next time. Enjoy the second half of Twisted and Misunderstood. This is part two of our discussion on aliens and are they with us here on planet Earth and 
I think in part one, we sort of come to the conclusion that the likelihood is that they're here. The likelihood is that they're non-hostile and that they probably have been with us for thousands and thousands of years, maybe even before man actually took its place here as the alpha, alpha predator, if you like. So aliens are here. I don't think we dispute that. Over the years, I've had a few encounters that are very personal to me. There's things where when I was 18, which is now 40 years ago, which is an incredible amount of time, I actually met or sat across a London hotel um, in the foyer. I sat across the room from uh, a person who sat in the chair and was reading the newspaper. And it didn't feel right. It just felt a little bit strange. And the, the aura, um, being an aura reader, was a little bit tight and a little bit close to this um, particular um, humanoid, shall we call them. And I just said in my head, if you know I'm here and you can hear my thoughts, touch your nose. Well, with that, this um, humanoid put the paper down that they were reading, scratched the nose and picked it back up again. <laughs> I could hardly believe what was happening. So I said it again, and the same thing happened. Now, I was 18, so I ran. <laughs> I got out of there pretty damn sharpish. But it's something that, that stuck with me, and it almost convinced me that aliens live amongst us here, you know, within our population. My next encounter was a few years later, and it was on a uh, a time where I was in Malta for a, a UFO conference. People like Colin Andrews were there talking about crop circles. And this was, you know, in this Mediterranean island, middle of nowhere, really, Malta. And there are all these people coming for this conference, all these expert speakers and listening to everything that's going on. Well, I was there for about 10 days. So I was, you know, walking along the streets of Valletta, which is the capital of Malta and sitting down waiting for my wife um, to, to come and meet me and this lady walked past me very small tiny lady um you know size of a child really a sort of a 11 12 year old child but she was old she was probably you know looked about 30 years old and again i said you know i mean are you an alien you know i mean you know just in my thoughts and she looked at me straight in the eyes and gave me a big smile, curtsied, put one leg behind the other, curtsied, and then fixed my eyes for a second and then walked off. Now, that was really strange. I mean, that was a, a goosebumps moment where everything just stopped for a second. And all I could see was this, this small lady that was dressed very conventionally, for anybody that's ever been to Malta, it's quite a hot environment. So most of the ladies wear quite, um, you know, summer dresses or your very flimsy cotton dresses. And this, this alien was no different. So that was that encounter on Malta. And incidentally, on the way home from that, we were actually, a UFO went past the, the airplane on the, on the side that I was sitting and it was closely followed by two jets. So that really compounded that sort of holiday. It was it was like everything was happening around the Mediterranean at that time. And my third encounter that um, was very, very interesting encounter was on the subway in London. 
on the Northern Metropolitan Line going from Oxford Street out to Bond Street up to Stanmore Park. And it was literally a little squat guy on a cold November night. Um, this, this, um, this man had a very strange head. He had tattooed eyebrows. His eyebrows weren't real. They were tattooed. He had no hair on his on his face at all. And he stood in an overcoat, just a black overcoat. And he had a device that he was um, had up to his ear. But he never looked anywhere, never looked around, just sat there with the device close to, close to his left-hand ear. And I was with my wife at the time. And I told her and... We both looked and both copped what this guy looked like or this alien looked like. And lo and behold, next stop, he got off the train. So we, we saw him for about a minute and a half when we realized what he was. And, and it was very clear that he'd either picked up that we had actually worked out who he was or what he was, or he was very uncomfortable in the environment. But I think that a lot of these aliens that live amongst us live in plain sight. I think they're very much close to us. I think they're here, you know, living in, in houses, living a, what you could call a human life amongst us and, and doing a lot of research into what our culture is and how we do things and, and just being observant about things that we are. And it would be the best way to get to know what a planet was like, wouldn't it, by, by living amongst the people. And I'm sure that when we go to the stars and we start to explore other planets, you know, like in Star Trek, we will do exactly the same. So there were three encounters that, that I had with alien life that maybe, you know, could be explained, but maybe couldn't. And just an interesting feel. The thing I didn't say about this third alien was his aura was very, very pale. And I normally see it auras around people animals objects it's the vibration of sound and light coming together that you can pick up and to me it's nothing new or nothing different it's something i do and you could actually see his his aura was very light so again that was another thing that drew my attention to him whilst he was stood on this tubeway train going from bond street up to stanwell park in london so they're my encounters. I want to talk a little bit about Skinwalker Ranch as well, because there's been some strange things happening on Skinwalker Ranch. Now, part of the understanding of Skinwalker Ranch, which is in America, it's near Nevada. It's actually was very famous for being owned by Bob Bigelow for, for a time. He sold that ranch in 2016, and he didn't actually tell who he sold it to i don't think anybody really wanted to be put in the public eye or put in the spotlight over the actual ranch itself but some very strange things happened there including them seeing lots of um dimensional shifts you know things have happened there that that are beyond explanation and that reasonable people would never really consider you know <laughs> happening and there are the actual times where things have happened there that have been done, they're like pranks. They're like things to make people sit up and take notice that there's something there. Um, if anyone didn't know any different, they might think it was a poltergeist 
playing practical jokes on the people that lived in the actual ranch building. You know, things like them going shopping, unpacking the shopping, coming back into the kitchen and finding that the shopping was back in the bags or that things would be moved. Like um, if a gate was locked with a padlock, the padlock would be taken off and the gate opened so the animals could get out. Lots of things that actually say that there are so there is something happening at this particular ranch. Now, the, the biggest thing is the presence. People get this feeling that they're being watched or they're being listened to. There's been strange voices heard speaking, strange languages just out of the air. It's like the, the whole area has got this really weird feeling. And people have seen different vortexes opening on the ranch and some very strange creatures coming out of these vortexes. The, the owners, previous owners, actually saw what was a, a massive wolf-like creature that came out across the fields and came into the ranch, and it came right up to the guy, this, this massive wolf, and he was a little bit stunned, but it seemed friendly enough, so he sort of patted it on the head until it started to go and try and attack his calves. Well, the family got their, their guns together and literally tried to shoot this, this massive wolf, and nothing seemed to touch it. Apparently, they used a magnum on the, on the wolf, and it, and it just stood there and just carried on as nothing had happened. And then they got a hunting rifle and shot it again. And again, this, this animal just totally ignored the fact that anything had happened. So something strange there with some of the creatures, some of the actual vortexes that are opening up at that particular standpoint, and also some of the happenings are a bit, bit strange, to say the least. And I think people have become very aware of Skinwalker Ranch, but the Native American Indians who used to own the land have always been aware of something happening in that particular location and they're very very wary of talking about it or actually expressing anything about that particular reservation so we know that skinwalker ranch could well be some area that is totally and utterly a connection between this dimension and another dimension between alien visitation and also cattle mutilations and all the other things that are going on and the guy on the actual ranch told this really strange story. He said that they had some prize Angus bulls, and they put them in a in a, in a fenced-off area cartel for you know for their own safety. And they were talking about how much they were worth and how difficult it would be to replace them, and how financially difficult it would be to get this stock back again if they ever got or went missing. Well, they came back and they were. They literally went out for half an hour across the ranch and came back and all these prize bulls, four of them, weren't there. And they found them in a locked tool shed. They've been placed in a locked tool shed that's no bigger than a, than a small garage. If you can sort of imagine a garage with four bulls in it. Well, the rancher actually said that getting a bull into a building is hard enough. But getting four in there at one time would be almost impossible. And they hadn't broken the door. 
It hadn't been moved in any which way. It's almost like they were beamed straight into the trailer, into this sort of little little hut that they were found in. And it's almost mischievous. It's almost to get the anxiety rates of the people at the ranch thinking about what's going on in order to gain some attention or just to play about with them. There's no purpose in it whatsoever. It's just like something is happening. So it could well be that the presence of a alien force, an entity, or something that's happening in this area of Skinwalker Ranch in America could well be doing things to put people off being in that particular location. But Skinwalker Ranch, if you want to look it up, there's fascinating stuff on there. So much has happened and so much paranormal activity that even the owners don't want to stay there. They, they I think the people that brought it in 2016 uh, are so worried about the, the connotations of what it is to live there that they, they've become very aware not to tell anyone about anything that's going on there. So aliens, aliens probably do live amongst us. They're definitely a skinwalker ranch and they're probably amongst us in our general population. But there comes a point that we can actually start to understand that we're being told more and more and more. So why wouldn't they be a part of our future? This has been Dominic J. Zenden talking for the Twisted and Misunderstood podcast here on Anchor about aliens. If you've enjoyed this show, please come back next week where there'll be another show. And if you have any questions at all, please get in touch with me at the addresses in the head title of the podcast. All the contact details are there for you if you want to come back and actually talk to me about anything paranormal. For now, it's me, Dominic Zenden, saying thank you for listening and look after each other. The